You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. My uh, co-host, Naz Marchese, is away this week, so we wish him all the best. And joining me in studio, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Lou. Morning, Wally. How would you like to be where uh, Naz is? Uh, I'd love to be, mind you. It's it's a beautiful day out here uh, in Toronto this morning. Uh, the sun is shining brightly, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, if we didn't say this off off the top of the air. Today's Remembrance Day in in Canada, Veterans Day in the United States. We do have some listeners in in uh, Western New York, and uh, picked up the paper this morning. And obviously, I knew it was Remembrance Day, but I'd. Uh, it just reminded me, today's the 100th anniversary of the end of the Great War. On the 11th hour, the 11th day, the 11th month, 100 years ago, uh, they laid down their arms and the armistice was signed in a railway car just a little a bit outside of Paris. And um, it's, a, it's a day for reflection, Lou. Uh, I know you're proudly wearing your poppy this morning, as am I. Uh, Remembrance Day seems to mean a, a lot more to me the older I get. Um, um, and as we look outside today, it's a beautiful sunny day. And sometimes we take our freedoms for granted. And we're here this morning being able to talk about something silly like sports uh, because we enjoy freedoms thanks to the great men and women who have, uh, in many in many instances, paid the ultimate price so that we can be here talking sports this morning and that we can go about our daily business in this great country we call Canada. So, we do have to pay homage on this uh, on this solemn day to all the great all the great uh, men and women who have serviced uh, provided service to Canada and to the world. You know what? There's, sometimes you feel so lucky because of what's going on in the world right now. Society is changing. Uh, I think people just have to sit back a little bit and, and think of what today actually means to them, uh, just because of the, the nature of, of history, uh, what they went through to, to put put us in the position that we're in right now, and being at the game the other night, just watching those guys that, that have served in the military uh, for our country, uh, tell you sometimes it brings tears to your eyes, uh, the hard work that they went through. It might not be hard work for us right now, but they did go through a lot of hard work and, and trying to put us in the position that we are in today. And uh, we're very fortunate. So to all our uh, to our listeners, if you get an opportunity to thank a veteran today, if you get an opportunity to attend a ceremony somewhere, uh, take the opportunity and thank those and those men and women in uniform who uh, who uh, who uh, provide us with the freedoms that we so often take for granted. Let's talk about sports, Lou. Yeah, hey, let's put a smile on our face. <laughs> uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, not a great performance last night. They had a great performance in the first period. Um, and uh, we'll be talking to uh, Michael Trakos of the National, uh, National Post and the Post Media Network uh, at the middle of the hour. And uh, we're also going to get a chance to talk to uh, Leo Routens about the great Raptors start shortly after our first break. But last night, the Leafs got off to a uh, great start in the first period. Uh, couldn't cash in any opportunities and 
lo and behold, uh, you know, the, the, you know, Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak uh, can't seem to put a leash on these guys. And before we woke up uh, in the second period, we were down 3 nothing. Uh, we seem to be snake-bitten against the Bruins in, uh, in Boston in what I thought last night was a statement game in a lot of ways. Uh, I would have thought that the Leafs wanted to come out and, and send a message uh, that they're a different team this year. Um, they, uh, they didn't send that message and, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, game having a game Friday night and scoring all those goals and, you know, having Nylander out and uh, and having Matthews out and not being at full strength. But what what's your assessment of what happened last night, Lou? I, I just think it's, a, it's just one of those games. That they walked in there, they tried to send a message in the first period, usually as a visiting team going into a building like the TD Garden there. Uh, you want to come out strong, and they actually did. When you showed the team 20-6 to 6 in the first period, and you come out of it uh, down one nothing. In a way, you got to give yourself enough credit that you've done well. You've did exactly what what you were told and uh, how to handle that kind of uh, event. But it, it was just. It seemed like right after that first period was over, it's some somebody stuck a pin in their balloon, and it was deflated. And then Marchant, uh, Pasternak, and Bergeron took over. And uh, these are there's a reason why these guys are world class players. Uh, and it showed last night again. And if you can't stop that line, it's just like Toronto. If you, if you can stop the first line in Toronto, you're going to beat them. If you can't stop that first line in Boston, there's no way uh, you're going to have a success in that building. Garrett Sparks. Um, so far, he hasn't played that much so far this year. Uh, we're putting him in on back-to-backs. And um, I was kind of surprised that they would start Anderson Friday night and Sparks Saturday night. But uh, Mike Backcock, um, I'm sure he's got a strategy or uh, being the bright hockey mind that he is, uh, must have been a reason he decided to go with Anderson Friday night and Sparks Saturday night. Um, what's the reason? I think the reason was more or less it was they wanted to see who Sparks is all about. Uh, he had a great playoff run last year, got the MVP in the Calder Cup. Uh, he didn't have the greatest beginning here in Toronto. And uh, what Babcock said, he said, listen, I'm going to start Anderson Friday night. I'm going to put you in Boston. Let's see how you handle it. Uh, and and more or less, you can you can figure out uh, how thick uh, Sparks' skin is going to be coming out of that game. Uh, meaning that, uh, is he going to stand up to the Bruins? Or is he more or less just going to walk in there uh, white-eyed uh, or white-eyed and more or less said, okay, listen, uh I'm not ready for this just yet. And you know, what's your I, impression of Sparks so far? I mean, he's got a you know his very limited, uh, lim- very limited resume so far in uh, in this season. I think that was at his third game, I believe. Uh, I remember the first game against Chicago where they they pulled that one out at I think it was seven six. Yeah, there's four goals scored in the last two minutes. Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah. think there was another game that Sparks played. I, I it escapes my memory last night. Uh, escapes escapes my memory right now. I think that was his third game. Overall, uh, what do you see so far? Uh, is he adjusting to being an NHL goalie? Well, I think he's adjusting to be an NHL goalie, but is he adjusting to be a number one NHL goalie? Uh, I think that's what they all strive for last night. It's just last night, but any time that they play. It's a matter, is he going to be the guy that if they're going to have a tough time signing Anderson at the end of his deal, is Sparks going to show them that 
don't worry, boys. I'm right here at the back. I can, I can do the job that Anderson did at probably a little bit less money so you can spend it somewhere else. And, and unfortunately, we got to talk about salary cap because Anderson's making $5 million, and he really hasn't done anything for them. Uh, he hasn't gotten by the first round. So is he going to be worth the 7 or $8 million that he's going to ask on his next Well, contract? if he keeps playing like he's been playing so far this year, <laughs> I mean, yeah, his, his save percentage is, is, is otherworldly right now. But wasn't it last year also at yeah. this time that they were one of the – uh, I'm not saying worst shot teams in the league. Like they were getting, I think, 35 to 40 shots on a regular basis, and Anderson still played that well. Uh, but again, it's going to come down to we have to see a little bit more of them, uh, like we did last night, put in a situation where, kid, you show me what you got. Let's see how much thick skin you have, uh, and let's see if you get uh, razzled or not. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job. And it's just a matter of now of putting him in other situations. You got to remember the Leafs are off to a great start here. We're, we're not questioning how um, is he going to be a change for Anderson. He's never going to be a change for him, as long as Anderson's a 100 percent healthy. But it's a great situation. Uh, they're they were undefeated on the road. Uh, they've had a great start. Right, they're right in that middle of the pack with Tampa and Boston and and Toronto for the first three spots. They knew that they were going to be that all year round. So. Uh, we'll see how, if Anderson gets hurt, see if Sparks is going to be the guy that uh, they're going to ride the coattail of. Anyways, we, uh, we'll come back and talk some Leafs and, uh, and some, uh, we'll be talking some Ubers uh, with Michael Dracos later on in the show. Of course, my references to the uh, ill-fated Ottawa Senators who decided that they were going to have a nice little chat in an Uber cab without realizing well, there's a security camera in those things. And, you know, sometimes uh, maybe you got to be a little bit more careful well, in today's you know, world. They've played pretty well since of it. <laughs> they they walked in the Tampa last night and scored four goals in the third period. Yeah, they have. Uh, the, the, so. These these episodes sometimes tend to uh, pull pull teammates to you got to circle the ranks, as they say, or circle the wagons, whatever. So we'll, uh, I know Michael Trakos wrote an interesting article about that this week. So we'll get an opportunity to chat about uh, with him about that later on in the Social show. Media. Uh, anyways, we, we'll go to break and we'll be right back with Leo Routens. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville decreed everyone can now be Italian, at least for an hour. When you order a Pizzaville office lunch, your staff will enjoy authentic Italian pizza and more from just $7 per person. That's not much to turn William into Guillermo, Tracy into Teresa, and Stan into... Well, maybe he won't be in that day. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying... Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. 
This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM 740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Live video streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Nazwali Sports Hour, Toronto Raptors analyst, Leo Routens. Good morning, Leo. Good morning. How are you guys? We're doing great. Just so you know, Leo, Naz is not with me today, but I got Franceschetti in the studio with me today, so he may be throwing a few questions your way. Uh, Leo, <laughs> let, let's, get, let's get right to it. Uh, Raptors are off to an exceptional start. And, uh, um, and, and just, you know what, in your assessment, explain it all to us. Well, there's a lot of factors happening right now. I think, uh, you know, change is good. And we saw change this summer. And, you know, a lot of people kind of got up in arms over a lot of things that happened, you know, starting with a coaching change, um, you know, and then DeMar DeRozan getting traded. Uh, but when you look at all that really – uh, has kind of ignited and, and refreshed this organization. Uh, Nick Nurse has done a tremendous job of putting people in positions to succeed. Uh, Kyle Lowry uh, has stepped up to an MVP level uh, start to the season, and a lot of people question how he would react. But you know, Kyle's been a pro his whole career here, and uh, to me, that just shows the type of fighter he is, that you can have all kinds of new guys coming in, but Kyle's not going to give up his role as being the leader of this team, and he's proving that. Uh, and then you got two guys that came in, Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, that really change a lot of what happens with this team uh, because of their talent, because of their experience, their leadership. Um, and then I guess finally the development of the younger players in the core of this team which has been ongoing uh, and continues to impress. So put it all together, and, and you have what we're seeing right now, and it's pretty, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see. And, uh, you know, it, I, I really believe it can continue to get even better. Uh, Leo, did, did everybody foresee this uh, deal with Kawhi Leonard coming in? And you're getting a top-five player in the NBA, and you're trading away uh, an individual of DeRozan's stature who is, uh, was an icon in this town. A great offensive player, but he definitely had his deficiencies uh, in the uh, defensive end. Uh, and when you bring somebody in like him and, and Green and the coaching staff, uh, I could see why the players have more or less have bought into Nurse's, uh, uh, if you want to call it, system uh, because of the difference of voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think sometimes, quite honestly, it's that simple where you, you need a different voice. I mean, uh, you, when you hear the same thing, you know, year in, year out, uh, uh, sometimes you just got to refresh it. And, you know, Nick Nurse had a good grasp of what was going on here, being an assistant. Um, and I'll tell you, he, he's, uh, there's two, two qualities for, that I see in him that uh, make a big difference for this team. 
you know, one is uh, his ability to communicate. Um, I think he's very real. He's very sincere. Uh, he knows what he's talking about, and he gets his message across. So uh, I think that's critical. The other thing is that he's a tremendous in-game coach. And by that, I mean he sees the game. Uh, he's in the game. He's, he's aware of everything that's happening. He reacts to things immediately. Um, and, and players know that. Players feel that, too. And, and I think that's been, that's been a big difference. So I think he's helped. Um, you know, he's, he's asked guys to come off the bench that have been starters. He's had guys put in different roles. And he's communicated all that uh, to the point where everybody's bought in. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, when you're winning because of these changes and how you're playing, uh, you know, one, players buy in even more. And two, nobody can, nobody can complain even if they don't like it. So it's a, uh, it's a great sell. And I think he's done, uh, he's done you know, at this point, uh, a tremendous job. Uh, Leo, uh, one of the players that seems to have uh, taken his game to a different level, and I want you to, uh, to comment on it, is uh, Siakam. Um, he's, he seems to have becoming a force out there in, in a lot of different ways. He just, he's in some ways seems like a different player. I mean, he's, he, you know, he's, uh, he's certainly taken his game to a different level in my assessment. Your assessment, Leo? Well, going into this season, you know, I thought, uh, he could be the NBA's most improved player. Um, he had, he had a, you know, a good year last year. He had a great summer, uh, and he's a unique player and, and, and in today's NBA game, his style, his body is a perfect fit. You know, he's long, he's fast, he's quick, uh, he's got energy, he runs like a deer, um, and he's adding, he's adding to his game. I mean, he's uh, instinctively, he does so many things well. you got to remember, this kid's only been playing since he was 17 years old, so he's, he's, a, he's a late bloomer, a late starter, late bloomer, and, uh, you know, I, I personally don't think he's scratching the surface yet of what we're going to see. We saw a little bit more yesterday against the Knicks when he knocked down three point, uh, three, three pointers. And, uh, you know, it's going to get to a point where if he, if he's knocking down his jump shot, uh, especially the three, he's going to be, you know, virtually unstoppable because of everything else that he does. And he's also got great vision and, and, and think about it. I even even mentioned, defense and rebounding and that's that's really what Nick Nurse wants from him so uh this guy is uh is bonus he gives you so much he's a great compliment to the other players on the floor uh and like I said if you like him now you know hang on because it's only going to get better Leo uh you know where the debate is already starting uh or it's uh, uh it may we're going to answer it fairly shortly if we haven't already. It seems to me like the Raptors have taken their status, and I, you know, I read some of the media reports coming out of the states uh, on uh, some of the observers down there, and they're they're touting the Raptors in a way that uh, the U.S. media never has before, and they're they're breaking down their team, and uh, you know, some of some of the most noted basketball writers down in the states are you know they have elevated the Raptors to elite status, and and to to me, the hallmark of an elite team is it has the ability to win uh, when its best players have an off game or are not playing, um, or they're just otherwise not having a great day, but they find a way to win. And quite frankly, I didn't think they played all that great against the Knicks yesterday, but they have this team seems to have a gear uh, that perhaps previous Raptors teams haven't had, and they can take their game to a different level. Um, um, your comment on that? 
Oh, they definitely can. I mean, defensively, they can do so many things that, uh, you know, the games are just completely, you know, like I said, yesterday is a good example where things are just kind of a little sluggish, which is normal after a, after a, a Western swing. Um, and then all of a sudden the game's over. You blink an eye and, it, and it's, there's a separation and it's done. Uh, and this team has a way of doing that. Uh, and, again, they do it with defense. That leads to offense. Uh, and the game is very simple in how they play it. Um, so this, this and in fact, the people are taking notice. It, it's kind of laughable at this point because, you know, last year the Raptors, you know, won 59 games, finished first, and going into the season, really saying, you know, they'll be fifth or sixth. Uh, going into the season, even with Kawhi, the trade, same reaction. All of a sudden, now people are taking notice. Uh, one thing you learn when you've been in this business a long time: experts aren't experts, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of people in the media uh, that really just, you know, don't don't understand what's going on and they, they, they jump on a bandwagon, they jump off the bandwagon. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty simple. Uh, the more you win, uh, the steadier you are, the more consistent you are, the more people take notice. Um, so, you know, uh, people are starting to do that a lot more. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the one, and this is again, going back to the very first question here. Um, the Raptors are fresh. Um, and by that, I mean, Right now, if the Raptors were 11-1 and with DeMar here, and they very well could be if he was here, uh, people would be saying, oh, yeah, well, this is great, but playoffs come, you guys are going to you know, fold. That, that would be said by U.S. media, by Toronto fans. Um, but there's a freshness now. Uh, people are not saying that. Uh, with Kawhi and Danny Green in the mix, um, you know, different code, people aren't saying that. People are saying, wow, you know, okay, this team's legit. And, and that's fresh. That's good. Uh, there's a positivity around it um, that I think uh, that's probably the biggest thing uh, that I see with the U.S. media. Um, they're, they're, that, that automatic response, oh, yeah, wait to the playoffs, is not coming out. Uh, everybody knows the Raptors now are, are legit. They also know that the Eastern Conference is, uh, the top of the Eastern Conference is pretty good. And even if you're legit, it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily get out. Um, so there's a lot of respect uh, in, in both areas uh, for this team and, and the conference. Uh, Leo, uh, Kawhi Leonard obviously missed most of the season last year. Uh, has been out, I believe, four games this year. Um, only played 23 minutes yesterday. Um, you see anything there that we should be concerned about? No, nothing at all. Raptors are just being smart. Uh you know, he's, uh, by all accounts, he's healthy. He's, uh, I noticed things that he's doing uh, that he wasn't able to do or didn't do as much of at the start um, of the season. He's more explosive. Uh, he's being a little bit more aggressive, feel, and that tells you that he's feeling more comfortable uh, and feeling uh, stronger. And, uh, you know, the Raptors are just being careful. There, there's no need. Um, the reality is, you know, he wasn't brought here to win games in, in uh, October, November. He was brought here to win games in April, May, and June, hopefully. So, Raptors are just being cautious. Uh, and, and you can't under, under, underplay the fact that he only played nine games last year. And, you know, everybody, some people doubted his injury. You know, it made it sound like, you know, you know he would just, he could have played but didn't. Uh, I don't ever doubt any player's injury. If a, if a player says he's hurt, he's hurt. And whatever it was that went on with him, um, you know, you have to believe was serious enough, uh, especially when you know the kind of guy he is. I mean, he's a grinder. He's a worker. He loves being in the gym. 
uh, for him not to play, it must have been serious enough that uh, you really want to make sure that you do everything in your power uh, to keep him healthy and get him ready for, for uh, you know, like I said, not only the season but for the postseason. And I think the Raptors are, are just being smart with their investment. Um, and they're going to not only do that with Kawhi, they're going to do that with everybody uh, to ensure uh, success at the end of the year. Leo, is the uh, Jimmy Butler trade to the 76ers going to affect uh, Raptors, or how does it affect the Raptors, Milwaukee, and Boston in Eastern Division? Well, it just makes Philadelphia that much better. I think Philadelphia took a step backwards um, coming into the season. They lost some veteran shooters, um, and even in this trade, they lost some more shooters. So uh, Jimmy Butler gives them an elite player. Uh, so now they have three elite players, and, and, and you know that's critical to be a successful team. You have three players, uh, that puts you in a different category. So they're, they're right where they should be right now among the top of the East. Uh, however, I do think that uh, the, you know, they're, they're still lacking uh, in shooters and spacing that they're going to need on the floor for these guys to be even more effective. Uh, but, you know, there's no doubt that Jimmy Butler uh, makes a big difference for this team. And uh, the question now will be, you know, he's had, he's had uh, really between Embiid and, and uh, Butler, the uh, biggest thing is for those guys to be able to stay on the floor. So how Philadelphia manages their bodies and, and their health is also going to figure into whatever success they have or don't have uh, going forward and into the playoffs. But uh, it certainly makes the East a lot more interesting. Now, he had a problem with the young kids, Wiggins, and uh, the centermen in Minnesota. How's he going to handle Simmons and Embiid uh, with the characters and the personalities that they have um, in Philly? Well, I, I don't necessarily think he had, he had problems. Uh, you know, uh, but Jimmy Butler is a strong character. Um, there's a lot of people that, that question uh, the toughness of Carl, you know Anthony Towns and 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 Andrew Wiggins in Minnesota, and you know Butler kind of challenged them. So uh, you know sometimes it's 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 just the personality that you bring into a mix. Um, you know it's not that he's being uh, didn't get along with him. It's just that sometimes certain players don't adapt well. You know I think Simmons and Embiid are, are a little different. I mean these guys are. Are, are players that I think have a have an edge to them and a toughness to them, and I, I don't think it's going to be an issue with Jimmy Butler. Um, I'd be surprised if it is, but he's going to push these guys, and, and quite frankly, I think both of them need to be pushed a little bit. Um, and my gut is they'll respond uh, positively, and and I think I think the people of Philadelphia when they made this trade, uh, you know, really had to take a good look at that. So hopefully they they understood what they were getting. Uh, we're talking to Leo Routens. Leo, we're going to uh, let you go, but I want to get uh, your comments on something else that's happening down in uh, in uh, in college basketball down in the states. Uh, uh, there's this there's this incredible team playing in uh, in North Carolina called Duke, with a great Canadian uh, R.J. Barrett and uh, the other great uh, player that's uh, that's come up, Zion Williamson, and of course they Duke uh, took a tour of uh, some of the Canadian uh, teams this summer and. Uh, dismantled a great Kentucky team the other night. Uh, there seems like there's something special happening down in, uh, down in Duke this year. Uh, did you get an opportunity to uh, see these two guys play? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, you know, potentially number one and number two in the draft. and Well, not potentially. They are going to be number one and number two. What order? I don't know yet. Um, 
you know, they're they're you know, RJ Barrett's a tremendous talent. He's uh you know, he he's a you know, does everything. Uh he's got good size, he can handle, he can shoot, he's and he's got a motor and he's you know, probably the biggest thing that the closest comparison is Andrew Wiggins. But the big issue with Andrew Wiggins, a lot of people don't feel he's got that motor. He doesn't and he doesn't necessarily compete at the highest level all the time. RJ Barrett is coming after you. He wants to. He's going. He's going to take your lunch every single time he steps on the floor. And NBA people love that aspect about him. And Zion Williamson, he's just a freak. I mean, you're <laughs> talking about a guy, you know, six seven, six eight, you know, two hundred seventy five pounds that moves like a deer. You know, flies through the air. Uh, he, he's he's once uh, once every, you know, uh, you know, ten twenty years type of player that rolls along, and you just go, how does he do what he does? Um, so you're, you're talking about two very, very good players in a very good program. Uh, but it's just, again, it's kind of laughable going back to what we said earlier about experts. All of a sudden, these guys, they watch uh, Duke dismantle Kentucky, and everybody's going, wow, this team will never lose. Just say, well, <laughs> if you saw them play this summer, if you saw who they had and you knew anything about who they had, you realize this is going to be the team to beat, and they're going to be very, very good. So, uh it, it, again, to me, it's kind of laughable that uh, now there's this, this incredible reaction after the Kentucky game where um, if you know a little bit about who they have, this should be no surprise. Anyways, we've been talking about, uh, we've been talking Leo Routens, and Leo, you are an expert, so uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, listen, we're caught up in basketball. I've uh, I reserved my place on Bay Street for the Toronto Maple Leaf Stanley Cup Parade, but I'm I'm putting a bid in for my Raptors seat on Bay Street as well. I I think a lot of good things if they stay healthy. Uh, I think a lot of good things are going to happen with the Raptors this year. Leo, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Take care, Leo Routens. We'll be right back after the break with Michael Tracos, Post Media Network. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I realised that, unlike pizza, you can enjoy Pizzaville's authentic panzerotti with just one hand. Pizzaville and its entities, owned in whole or in part, have no interest in knowing what you do with your other hand while you're consuming one of our panzerotti. Seriously. Get two authentic Italian panzerotti with cheese and sauce for just ten forty nine. One for each hand. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. 
Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We we're hoping to connect with Michael Trakos, National Hockey Writer, Post Media News. We haven't been able to do that so far. We'll keep trying. Uh, uh, in the studio with me this morning, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Washington Capital, Lou Franceschetti. Good I'm morning. I'm a Buffalo Sabre. Oh, you're a Sabre, too. <laughs> How long were you a Sabre? Uh, a year and a half. year and a half. Well, Before months. or after the Leafs? Well, that's where I got traded. They made the big deal there. They got uh, the better Hold half. on. So you were, you were with the Sabres first? No, I was with, with Toronto Le- first. And who'd you get traded for? Mike Felino. No, impossible. Yes. Who <laughs> Me and Brian Curran. Who, 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 else, who else was part of that trade? Me, Brian Curran, went to Buffalo for Mike Felino. Who was the, who's the, the best general best manager trade. at Buffalo at the time? I don't think he must have lasted uh, no. much longer after that. Well, he did last a couple of years. <laughs> That's why they brought Muckler in the year after. Oh, so you got traded. I've forgotten that. You got traded for Felino. Yeah. Who was, the, who was the Toronto GM at the time? Floyd Smith. Yeah, it must have been the best trade he ever made. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I kid around with Lou, and uh, Lou and I are buddies, and uh, we have fun. And uh, hey, listen, so I'm not I, I, I that please trade. nobody, you know, I, I I don't want anybody calling me and texting me, telling me I insulted Lou on the air. Uh, Lou and I are buddies, and I will say this, Lou, you had a really you had a good career in the NHL. Um, you lasted quite a few years, and um, you were you um, you earned your way, and. Um, yeah, I respect the career that you had. So, uh, all the all the all the jabbing is just all in good fun. Hey, listen, I can take it. I got broad shoulders from, <laughs> from carrying that name my whole life. <laughs> Anyways, talking about we're going to talk to Trakos about uh, an article he wrote this week about uh, uh, an incident that happened uh, in a in an Uber uh, cab, or I don't know if you call them cabs in an Uber. Um, and uh, that sort of got a lot of people shorts tied up in knots. And um, what happened was uh, the senators, about six or seven of them, were in, a, were in an Uber. I think it was in Arizona, if I'm yep. not mistaken. Yeah, they all had shorts on. And they decided they were going to have some fun at the expense of their assistant coach, I believe, yep. uh, and how poor their power play and their penalty kill. And, Lou, I want your reaction. Uh, to that. I mean, my reaction, my first reaction to it was, okay, it's a social media world. You got to be careful what you say. I mean, these guys just said, uh, you know, you get you get a group of six or seven guys together, young guys with too much testosterone running. And, you know, sometimes people say things they don't. I'm not so sure they, you know, they embellish their point by, you know, being derogatory. And it's, you know, sometimes in, in, in a sports team, it's an us-against-them mentality. It's the players against the coaches. Um, I thought it was completely overblown in a lot of different ways. Uh, but as a former player, uh, your reaction to that whole incident? Well, one, it's, yeah, players are going to be players. And usually we throw jabs at, at assistant coaches. We throw jabs at at head coaches, uh, I'm not sure if we'd throw them to the point where uh, that the Ottawa team did. It, it was just a 
you know, it came to a conversation and one player says one thing and then a player wants to beat him and says a little bit more. And at the end of the day, it, it really, you get a lot of said, but they still have the respect in the world for the coach because we do respect the coaches for the job that they're doing. Sometimes it's it's not the job that they're looking at. And maybe when they retire, they're going to look at and say, boy, boy, was I stupid that day that I said that because I know how hard coaching is and getting uh, players ready to, to to play every game. Now, this coach was also a rookie. He closed junior hockey last year, so he, he probably brought a lot of his traits from the junior hockey into the pros. And, uh, you know, it's it's like like anything else. Uh, I, I know you made the comment uh, before we went on air. We had a little chat about this, and you made the comment uh, saying, "Thank God they didn't have iPhones back in the day when you played." Uh, I mean, I mean, it's a different world nowadays. It, it really is, right? And you know, and and a, I guess a professional. I don't know. Perhaps you know better than I, Lou, in terms of, you know. Players come in. Are they? Are they? Um, do they sit down? Does management sit down with them at the beginning of a season and warn them, and 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 tell them, you know, educate them, especially the rookies, you know, the veterans. I guess when you get to, you know, you get to a level of a, of a Malkin or uh, sorry of, of a Crosby or a Taves. These guys are veterans. They get it. They understand. Uh, but you get some of these rookies in. Does management? Uh, sit down with them and sort of go through the go through the ropes and say, guys, be f- be aware of this. Be aware people are going to try and get close to you. Be aware of gamblers. Be aware of drugs. Be aware of all the other bad influences that exist, or all the bad people out there that want to attach themselves to a professional athlete. What do, what do the teams actually do about that? I, I know for a fact that every single team in the National Hockey League grabs their rookies after the draft. Uh, they bring them in for an orientation week, and they sit down with them and, and explain what is out there for them, the good and the bad. And uh, it, it's it's a situation that they do every training camp uh, because they, they bring in the, uh, the security from the National Hockey League and they're like you say they're they're told of exactly what things to expect and what to, what not to expect uh what things to stay away from if there's any problems you have our number give us a call at whatever time of night uh just to keep all this out of the media and they know even with the with the social media the way it is nowadays guys you better have eight eyes in your head Lou I'm going to have to apologize to I hate oh, to interrupt you on yeah. that Note, but we've been able to connect with Michael Trakos, uh, senior hockey writer for National uh, National Post Media Network. Michael, good morning. How are you, sir? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. It's uh, it's me and Franceschetti this morning. So uh, Naz is uh, Naz is uh, having a good time somewhere, and we wish him the best. Michael, uh, you're always. Uh, I don't know how you uh, where you find the time and the energy, but uh, your fingers are uh, typing up a storm lately. So. Uh, uh, the big stories this week, uh, aside from the, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs are always a big story, came out of Ottawa. A couple of stories. One, of course, and Lou and I were just talking a little bit about the, uh, they're calling it Ubergate. Every time there's a controversy, they 
attached gate to it. And of course, uh, the reaction by uh, by the Ottawa senators, they decided they were going to ban a reporter, uh, Ottawa citizen reporter from their flight. And I know that hit that hit that hits home to you, Michael, because you're a journalist and you're just out there trying to do your job and you're reporting the news and the facts the way you see it. Uh, let's let's deal with the second story first. Uh, as a reporter, as a journalist, how do you react? And I know I know you uh, it's been written about. How do you react to, uh, you know, just being banned from uh, from a privilege that uh, that uh, you've been extended and uh, being treated uh, differently just because? an owner doesn't like a story that, uh, that's been written or released. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people have to remember that it is a privilege. And, uh, you know, Ottawa Senators are one of the few. I think now they're the only team in the NHL that allows uh, reporters to be on the charter with them. And for people who don't understand, um, the days of Lou Franceschetti and the, the other NHLers flying commercial are, are long over now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, most every team now flies charter so you know for reporters um that are allowed on this charter um it's not about saving money um it's about convenience and um for players it means that you don't have to wait until the next morning after a game to fly home um game's over you hop on a plane and you get back home you get that extra night sleep uh back in your hometown and uh, like i said it's a matter of convenience and you know what the ottawa senators full right to decide who's on the charter, whether or not they want reporters on it. If they don't want reporters on it, you know what? Everyone's fine with that. I, I think it was the timing of this. It was the fact that two days after uh, the videos released, the Ottawa Senators wait until the last minute and say, yeah, you're not allowed on our uh, charter anymore. And the reason is because uh, you published something that is uh, inflammatory about the team and that we don't agree with. And I think that's the big issue is that um, if you don't, if you're not <laughs> writing something positive now about the team, you might have to worry about repercussions. And it just struck me as juvenile. Yeah. Um, struck me as something that, you know, had nothing to do with, okay, well, we have a policy regarding our charter. Um, we're just not going to, we're going to be like every other team and not have reporters flying in charter. That, that wasn't it. It was about, okay, we're not happy with the story. This is one way that we're going to get back at the reporters and the newspapers for uh, writing and publishing something. Yeah, it just it strikes me, uh, Michael. I'm just going to give you my my perspective on it. Um, and it, you know, it, it seems like everybody seems to be. And I and I don't want to get into politics, and I don't want to get into politics south of the border. But the you know, it, it seems like certain people want to take shots at the press nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and and and. You know, you guys are just doing your job and 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 reporting and reporting facts. And this story came out. They're calling it Ubergate. Uh, you know, Lou and I had discussed. Uh, you know, a bunch of Ottawa senators. Uh, you know, said some things in a cab uh, that I'm sure they regret. And I'm not sure they regret saying them. They probably regret knowing that it came out publicly because. You know, we've all been parts of sports teams. You know, you get frustrated. Sometimes you get in a group of six or seven guys and, you know, things get going and you say things and people want to embellish it and blah, blah, blah. And then you're never going to say those things if you know they're going to be public. What I took from that from that story is I, I didn't necessarily look at it from a negative. Um, and, 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 that's what, and that's the role of the press. Put the story out there and let people judge for themselves 
how they feel about what happened. And, I, you know, I, I just, to me, it was a bunch of guys who said some stupid things in a cab, and that's it. They're going to go back to practice. They're going to try and win hockey games. And when you, you know, and, and I thought, the, as you said, the Ottawa Senators were being juvenile about how they treated that. Uh, but your, I, I just wanted your um, comments about what you thought about the actual story, uh, which was an Uber driver uh, released what I would consider probably security tape, uh, embarrassing a bunch of Ottawa Senators. What do you think yeah, about I, the actions of those players? You know, like you said, I think players are going to talk, and I bet you lose got some stories about um, maybe being in a cab or maybe just guys getting together and just, just kind of guys letting off steam. And that's probably happening on most successful teams and the worst teams and probably happens in all walks of life, not just with hockey players as well. Um, and the one takeaway I, I had with this is <laughs> the guy didn't even know they were Ottawa Senators. He <laughs> 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 had to go to the way to tell them, oh, by the way, we're, we're part of an NHL team, we're the Ottawa Senators. Oh yeah, okay. You're a stranger. Oh yeah, well, we're gonna do this in front of you. Like, <laughs> there's no common sense here, guys. Like, everything about this was unnecessary. Let, let me. Like, they could have. They could have just been spouting off, and the guy said, "Oh, who are you guys? Oh, don't worry about it, buddy. Just, just get us to the the, the end of the fair here." Like, but it was just. Uh, that was the one thing. That was the one takeaway. The second takeaway for me was you've got a couple guys. Like, you had three guys in that cab. I think it was Ryan Dezingle was in there. Um, Thomas Shabbat, who last time I checked was top three in defenseman scoring as a 20 year old. And you had, uh, Alex Formington, who has since been returned to the juniors. Like these guys are, uh, are Colin White, I guess, was in there as well. Um, another guy under the age of 21. But you had three guys in there that are part of your so called future and that you're trying to build around. That's the part that I don't like is the fact that, you know, if you want to build, um, a championship team and you want to build a winning culture, this was not the, the tape that I want to be seeing of my young guys um, sort of going after the coaches, um, really showing a disrespect, I think, for uh, all the hard work that goes in there. And, you know, like I said, it's going to happen, but at the same time, optically, it just wasn't a good look for the Ottawa Senators. And I think that's the, that's the troubling thing is the fact that you know what, not one guy said, okay, yeah, guys, we're all joking, but, you know, these guys are trying hard or something. It was just one pylon after another. And from what I understand, this was an edited version of the tape. And there was <laughs> on there that, think about what um, the rest of it was. Yeah, like what uh, was left on the cutting room floor apparently was um, some stuff that really was going to make the Ottawa Senators look even worse. Yeah, these um, with some things that were maybe are inexcusable. I mean, in the modern world, and I had the discussion with Lou earlier. Uh, you know, in his day, he's he's thankful that nobody had iPhones or anything. He's just, it was a, uh, it was a lot sure. worse. And in the reality of the situation, when you know a professional athlete walks out the front door, he's got to assume the rest of his day he's being taped and he's being uh, video recorded. That that's just modern reality. But I want to ask you as a reporter, Michael. Um, uh, in terms of, you know, your profession and 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 the judgments that you have to make, um, you know, you're one of Canada's most respected hockey writers at the current time, uh, and I'm sure you are um, in all kinds of situations where you're around hockey players, and perhaps sometimes you see things that may be a little borderline. Um, 
Where's the Where's the line? Where's the line in terms of okay, I'm close to these guys because I write for them and they're just joking around and I'm not going to print it and I'm not going to pursue it. Or, you know what, this is newsworthy. Uh, I have to print it. Yeah, for me, it's pretty cut and dry. Unless I'm there and unless you know I'm there and we have a one-on-one agreement that I am there to be writing and reporting, everything is off the record. Um, You don't have to worry. You see me in a supermarket, you see me at a bar, um, you see me even in the dressing room, and nothing is actually, um, I don't have my tape recorder out, I don't have my notepad out, um, we haven't actually come into a kind of a, you know, like an, an agreement that I'm actually writing and reporting, you don't have to worry about anything that you say, like everything is off the record, and that's the way I, I've actually gone about uh, my business, and there's been times where I've heard, seen, uh, things because you're on the road and um, sometimes you're at the most convenient bar because you're at the same hotel or you're in the same lobby and you do overhear things or you step into the dressing room and guys are talking before you actually sit down and um, get the tape recorder out and all that stuff for me is always off the record. Uh, that's how I've gone about things and if there is something that the a player wants to get off his chest and um, we it is clear that it's off the record. I have never printed that. So, but that's my own thing. Uh, at the same time, we didn't publish. Like, I think a lot of people are kind of blaming, and obviously the Ottawa Senators are blaming the Ottawa Citizen and the Sun for publishing this story. People got to remember, like, we're, we didn't pay the overdriver um, <laughs> for this tape. Like, this guy posted it on YouTube. This guy um, tweeted it out. Once he does that, it wasn't just the citizen in the sun who had the story. It was literally ESPN, Yahoo. Um, I saw it on part of the interruption in the U.S. Like, it was basically out there in the world uh, for everyone to see. So if the citizen in the sun aren't going to show it, well, everyone else is. So <laughs> cats out of the bag, boys. You're right. Uh, at that point, it, it is free reign, and it's, it's something that you have to report on and that you have to uh, treat as, you know what, this is news now. This isn't off the record because um, you can say it's off the record, but if everyone else is showing it, well, it's out there. Uh, we're talking to Michael Trico, Michael Trakos. Uh, Michael, just got a minute, minute and a half, two minutes left. I'd be remiss. You have a book out. The next ones, yeah. they grew up differently. Tell us about your book and where people can get a hold of it. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was uh, quite the undertaking. Um, basically, it came out of the uh, the World Cup of Hockey, where I think a lot of us were enamored with that Team North America, um, which, you know, you look at that roster um, of Team North America, and it's basically like David Matthews, Eichel, Goudreau, Ekblad, Matt Murray, and all those guys are not just stars in the making. They've all become uh, arguably the best players in the NHL right now. So um, I just wanted to tell their origin story, how each of these guys got there, because when you look at the path of uh, McDavid, and you look at the path of Matthews and Goudreau and Marner and Nylander, each one is so uniquely different. Um, like you got guys growing up in Arizona, you've got guys who are completely undersized who wouldn't have had a chance in the NHL 10, 15 years ago. Um, it, it, like I said, uh, it was a fascinating journey that I kind of went on in terms of uh, tracing these guys' um, career path. And um, yeah, I think when you look at the NHL right now, like McDavid is arguably. Uh, the best player in the world. Uh, Matthews was on track to be a Hart Trophy uh, candidate, if not a winner, uh, with his start to the season before he got injured. Um, you look at Marner now, um, he's a legit star in the NHL as well. So 
Um, it, it is an exciting time for the NHL, and I just tried to kind of uh, encapsulate that. Michael, how do we get a hold of your book? Oh, it's in every bookstore. So Chapters, Indigo, Coles. Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com, obviously, or .ca. Um, but yeah, okay. anywhere you buy books, that's where you can find it. We'll, uh, we'll certainly search it out. I look forward to reading it. Michael, you know how much we appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. And Lou, who's going to win the Cup this year? Because we know Ovechkin <laughs> did it last year. So. Stop it. Stop it. We, 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 don't, tell, don't tell a story. Oh, okay. thanks, Michael. I needed that. I, I, need, I always need you somebody know, in, in my corner going up against Lou. Off. Thanks. I'm not writing my predictions very often, so I'm going to hold on to that one. Unfortunately, we're out of time, Michael. We'll get you back soon. We'll talk some predictions. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Michael Trakos. Listen, uh, Lou, before uh, before I I, I want to make sure I don't run out of time before I do this, Joe Bowen is going into Hockey Hall of Fame tomorrow night. We certainly want to congratulate him. He's been a friend of our show and uh, certainly well-deserved. Uh, I know he's back on his way from Boston this morning. Hopefully we get a chance to chat with him about But Joe! Joe Bowen, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, congratulations on your on this incredible honor, uh, which is going to lead me to the next discussion. Lou, we've got three minutes left. Alexander Yakushev is going into the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I know you probably know where I'm going with this next. Paul Henderson still outside. Um, I've thought about this probably for the last 40 years. Uh, we're coming up to the 50th anniversary pretty soon, 2022. I originally didn't think Paul Henderson should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I guess as I as I progress in my age, in, in my memory of that series, and I think it's time. Uh, he meant, you know, he had the greatest, I mean, he may not have, have had a great NHL career, but he had the greatest week in hockey history. I'll make that case again. Paul Henderson had the greatest week in hockey history, meant so much to the history of this nation we call Canada. Um, It's just time. It's just time. He's been suffering health problems. Uh, You know, Gary Bettman is going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Not that I don't think that he deserves it. I just don't think it's the right time. Uh, He's going in. Pat Burns didn't make it in. While he was still alive, and I think the Hockey Hall of Fame should, should be ashamed about that. Uh, Paul Henderson, Hockey Hall of Fame. Guys, do the right thing. Lou? You're, you're absolutely right, and I just hope they do the right thing while he's still around. I know I've seen Paul around. He does have uh, some health issues, uh, and I really, really would love to be there uh, the night that he does get inducted. Uh, let's just hope it's uh, sooner than later. Um, I don't think he's going to get inducted. I think if they want that, you you'd need a massive change amongst the people on that committee to get Paul Henderson inducted. They've had every opportunity for I don't know how many years, Lou. What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? He's not going to get inducted, and if he does, you know, if they do it after he passes away, that's another shameful episode in his. I, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I you know, I, I tend not to want to be really critical. Uh, I just, it's, it's time. It's, it's time. Um, and I've heard all the arguments, but he, you know, we, we dealt with Dave Keon going on Legends Row and how much he meant to a generation of hockey fans. Paul Henderson means the, the world to a generation of Canadians. Mm-hmm. And for him not to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame, 
It's it's just it's just. Uh, I'll leave it at that. You know, you know what? I, I would think right now, 10 just, seconds, just, just, just thinking about it, it would be a slap in the face if he does get inducted after he yes. passes on. And they did and, that and, to Pat Burns, and, uh, and that would that'd be a crying shame. Anyways, we've got to go. It's Remembrance Day at 11 o'clock this morning. It's the 100th anniversary. They laid down their arms. If you get an opportunity at 11 a.m. this morning, please take the time to remember our veterans and all of those who have served, men and women, who serve to make a better life for us. Thank you. We'll be back again next week.